question a lot of people have is how all of us have at some point in our lives and how do you make the change that you're looking for some people think that the way you make the change you're looking for is by losing weight if I lose some weight then I'll find the right person I'll find the right job my health will get better I need to lose some weight some people think they need to drink more water time more water and uh, this week we're reading about Hashem's instruction to Moshe Rabbeinu to re- take the Jewish people out of Egypt. And we know the Torah is not just a history book, but we're supposed to live with the times. The Torah, we're supposed to learn the Torah in the present tense, where Torah means instruction. And reading about Moshe Rabbeinu and his instruction from Hashem to redeem the Jewish people is instruction for each of us to get out of our own Egypt. We all have things that stop us from being the way we want to be. And whether it's an issue in finance, and health, in, in, in chinuch, in educating our children, and finding that right person, whatever it is, we all experience Egypt, we all experience limitations, things that stop us from being who we're meant to be and what we're meant to do. And this week we're reading about the way out. The way out. So what's, there's a lot of things we can do to make a change in our life, but then there is a number one thing that Torah tells us to focus on this week, which is key to, uh, and far more important than all the other things that, uh, that people talk about. The, 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 Torah, the Torah says something that's, that's fundamental. Moshe Rabbeinu has this exchange with Hashem. He meets Hashem at the burning bush. And Hashem instructs him to redeem the Jewish people. And Moshe Rabbeinu refuses. And there's a back and forth for a long time. And Moshe Rabbeinu gives Hashem his argument why he can't do it. What's the reason he can't take the Jewish people out of Egypt? Because they will not believe me. They won't believe me. They won't tell me that God did not appear to you. It's not true. It's a question people ask, or commentaries ask is, so if they didn't believe in Moshe Rabbeinu, they did not believe they would be redeemed. So what? They didn't believe. Hashem could still redeem them anyways. If Moshe Rabbeinu is sent to redeem the Jewish people, it's just because they don't believe doesn't mean he can't redeem them anyways. So why is Moshe saying he can't go because they won't believe? Take them out whether they believe or they don't believe. What's, what does that mean? The Sasemis says that Moshe Rabbeinu was concerned about all kinds of situations the Jewish people will be in throughout the time of the exile until Mashiach will come. Maybe Jews won't believe. Maybe Jews will maybe be missing in Amun. So he wanted Hashem to respond to him and say, It doesn't matter. They don't believe. So what? I'll still redeem them anyways. He wanted Hashem to confirm that it was okay if they, do, they don't believe, they still deserve the redemption. That's what the Svasem says. He wanted to trigger, sort of like a trick. He wanted Hashem to say, doesn't matter. Okay, I got that in. You know, he wanted, he want, there was a great chassid, a parents Muchkin, when his daughter-in-law was uh, giving birth, I think it was, I heard this story from Pinya, I just don't remember who it was. I think it was when his daughter-in-law was, was giving birth with her son, uh, Yossel Engazun. So, Rav Peretz, was very concerned because the doctors were saying all kinds of dire predictions about what would happen in childbirth. So the parents walked over to the Rebbe by the Febrengen and he asked them for a bracha for his daughter-in-law and they'll give a bracha. So he found out later on the Febrengen that things were much worse and things were, were really not good for the mother, for the child and he came back to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe took his hat and pulled it over his, to his nose Never said to him, it's not her fault that you don't have any amuna in me. 
That's the said. In other words, the fact that you're missing a muna, it doesn't matter. You sh- she'll still be okay anyways. You, it, shouldn't but, it. it shouldn't affect it. However, the deeper meaning of what the Sephasemis is saying really is that emuna, faith in Hashem, and redemption are equal. In order to be redeemed, the, Jew, the Talmud says, it was in the merit of our faith in Hashem that we were redeemed. Because we believed that we'd be redeemed, that's how we, we were redeemed. A person could go to a thousand psychologists to try to figure out how to solve his issues. But until he believes he's going to get better, until he believes he can get better, he can't, not, nothing that anyone will tell him will make a difference. A couple will, cannot solve their issues with all the kinds of therapists they may go to unless they first say to themselves, this is going to work, there's a way out. Without that conviction that you're going to get better, that things are going to, you're going to be redeemed from the issue that you're experiencing, first of all, you won't seek the help. You won't go to your dad, to your mom, to your therapist, to, your to, to whoever it is that, that, that may have advice for you. You're not going to ask for advice because you think you can't get out. And even if you finally, because someone pressures you to go ask for help, but you don't really believe you're going to get out of the situation, you're not going to really turn to them with your whole being and, and really be ready to absorb and accept their advice in a way that's going to be actionable, that something good will happen because you don't believe you're going to get better. So the key thing in, 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 of redemption is faith. And the truth is, the emunah that Jewish people had then was a lot harder than it would be ordinarily. Because think about it. The Jewish people at that time were in the 49th gate of impurity. That means that they were in the lowest possible spiritual state imaginable. And in that state, it's analogous to being in a circumstance where, you know, your sun is not in your horizon, your sun's not seen, your moon is not seen. We say in our prayers, to tell your, in the morning about your kindness and at night about our faith in you. That when do you need a muna? When is a faith relevant? Faith is only relevant when things don't make sense, when you have no idea how things are going to work out. That's what faith is about. And faith is key because our faith in God is our core. Our core. That's who we are. Our connection to Hashem is predicated. Our, the basis of our connection is our faith in Hashem. That's where it starts. So a person loses their faith in God, God forbid, externally. We all have it no matter what, but you lose it externally, you're losing your core bond with yourself. And that's why believing in Hashem naturally brings to believing in yourself. Because by believing in Hashem, you also believe that God created you, and you're His ambassador to accomplish something in this world. And you believe you could do it, because He's the one who made you, and He made your circumstances around you, and He made your environment, He, and he made your mission, and He made your mission before He made you, and He therefore he made you with the, with the tools that you need to make it happen. So believing in God is the is the channel that brings God's blessing to you, it brings your connection to God, and it makes redemption possible. You believing that you're going to get out of the situation that you're in and, and be free, that opens the channel of blessing of God, opens your connection to God, it widens the channel of bracha, but more than that, it also puts the drive in your step to make the moves in a way that are successful, because you believe in where you're going, because you know who's, who's taking you there, you know who's holding on to your hand. So what did God respond? Moshe says they can't be redeemed because they don't believe. He was right. Without belief, you can't be redeemed. That's true. <laughs> but Hashem told them, though, you're making a mistake. My children don't believe. My children are believers, children are believers. Hashem told very, very astonishing, astonishing words. He said, you, Moshe, we will see that you will be lacking in your faith. As it says later on in the Torah, the Jewish people, however, God says, they're believers, children are believers. But the question is like this. 
Look at the story. God told Moshe, put your hand into your bosom. He puts his hand, pulls his hand out, and his hand is white. He has the disease of tzara'as, the disease that someone gets by saying, for saying not good things about other people, for saying Lashon Hara. Moshe has this disease because in some level he was missing his faith in the Jewish people. Okay. And God says, this is, will be the sign. You do this, and the snake, the staff turns into a snake, and Moshe runs away from the snake. Those are the signs you show this to the Jewish people, and this will prove to them that I did appear to you. Question is, one second. If they're only going to believe because of the signs, then Moshe was right. They didn't believe. Only it says in the Torah, Aaron and Moshe, they made the signs, they, did, they performed these signs before the Jewish people, and then they believed. So they only believed because of the signs. They didn't believe organically, they didn't believe naturally. It was because of the signs that they believed. So why is Moshe being criticized for Hashem for saying they didn't believe, they won't believe? They, 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 he was right, they wouldn't believe, and only because of the signs they believed. It's a very deep thing here, a deep thing which really opens the door to new horizons in our relationship to Hashem, relationship to other people, something that could really change our whole environment, relationship to our family, to our friends, something that really could open up the door. And that is the theme of this month. The Zohar says that every month has a letter. The month of Tevis, the letter of the month of Tevis is a letter. Anyone know? Tess. Close to Tess. The letter Ayin. What does Ayin mean? Ayin means the eye, the power of sight. Power of sight is far more powerful than any of our other senses. If uh, I'm in uh, Ralph's and I hear Vitali in the next alley, in the aisle in Ralph's, I know it's Vitali, right? But if someone tells me, no, it couldn't have been Vitali because Vitali, I just saw him in Israel, so I won't, uh, I know that. I, I must have heard someone else who has a similar uh, radio like voice, like Vitali. But, uh, but there is. Um, if I see, saw him, I know for sure that, 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 that's, that that's the guy. If you see something, you know this is, this is reality. Our power of sight is a lot more powerful than our power of smell, our power of hearing. Our power of sight is very vivid and touches us. That's why the Gemara says something remarkable. The Gemara says, you would think it's the opposite. The Gemara says, a, ju- a witness can't be a judge. Why can a witness be a judge? You'd think the opposite. The one who could be the best judge, the guy who saw it with his own eyes, he is the one who has the most accurate information. He saw it with his own eyes. So why can't he be, be a judge? And the answer is, Gemara says, <laughs> You only see what is in your heart. You, ten people, walk into a room, they look at one person. Everybody sees something else. One person looks at his eyes, one person looks at his forehead, one person looks at where he's standing, one person looks at his shoes, one person looks at his hands, are his hands open, his hands closed. Everyone looking at the same person, and they all see this. They all see different things. That's why the Torah says, "Don't go after your heart and after your eyes. Don't follow. Don't pay attention to what your heart and your eyes say." Why does it say heart before eyes? Shouldn't it say eyes? First you see it, and then you, and you feel it. Don't go after the lust of your eyes and your heart. Why does it say first your heart and then your eyes? And the answer is, is you see what you feel. Everyone sees different things. And this is why the Gemara says you can't be a judge because you are no longer able to accept testimony in the same way that someone who is objective can because you now are a subjective part of the story because you had this, because, you, because of what you saw. So there was a Jew uh, who was doing Mipset film, the film campaign in the, in the central um, bus station in Israel. And he's with a group of yeshiva students who are putting on film with people. Rabbi Friedman, and this guy walks over to these group of boys, 
And he says, how can you stand over there? And on top of where they were standing, there was a billboard which had an advertisement for some upcoming movie, which was not very modest, to say the least. How do you guys stand over here alone on the next? And Friedman says, dude, we're here for three hours, and none of us even noticed the billboard. You're just walking by, and you saw the billboard. What does that say about you? Ouch. So he didn't have anything to say, and he moved on. But there was a, a truth to that. The truth is that we see a lot of what we see has to do with what we feel. You only see what, 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 what you feel. The, the Gemara says a story about Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi met the queen, and she told him, you know, my God is a lot more powerful than your God. Who was her God? Her God was the snake. They worshipped the snake. And she says, listen, look in your own Bible. In your own Bible, it says when Moses met my God, what did Moses do? He runs away. When Moses meets your God, what does he do? He just covers his face. You see, my God is a lot more powerful than your God. Rebbe once said, maybe said it more than once, Rebbe for sure once said it once, that there's a difference between a Jew and a non-Jew. A Jew, whenever he sees any event, he interprets it as miraculous. Then the light turned green at that moment, and wow, a miracle! And Anju, on the other hand, interprets everything as natural. If there's no choice, then he says, oh, a miracle happened. What was she saying? She, she said, look at Moshe, he runs away. He, she, that's what she saw. Nature is, the, the snake, nature is more powerful than, than Hashem. Hashem is only, uh, he just covers his face. But what's oh, a reality? The reality was the opposite. What was Moshe in his perspective? What was, what was he thinking? Moshe sees Hashem. Where is he going to run? Hashem feels, Moshe knows, and he feels absolutely, 100%, with a heart. With the, with, the, with the strongest conviction that Hashem is with him in every situation. There's no place to run. You can't run to the ocean. You can't run to the sky. And not just Hashem is in every place, in every realm, in all the echelons of existence, in every, in every circumstance. In Esak Shamayim, is a Pasuk. The simple meaning of the Pasuk is, I go to heaven, you're there. I go to hell, you're there too. People read this verse without a song. They say, oh, it's terrible. Wherever you go, you can't escape him. But Hasidim sing, sing the song. It doesn't matter what's going on. It's, even if it's heaven, if it's hell, we're still with you, Hashem. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu felt. There's no way to run. So that's what Moshe Rabbeinu feels. He, he, these two soldiers, after the Kippur War, 1974, they come to Kwar Chabad, Yeshiva, and they want to do Teshuvah. Why they want to do Teshuvah? That is a crazy experience. They're both working um, on a ta- in, in a tank, and it, a missile hit the tank, and the tank started to burn. So they tried to jump out of the tank through the top of the tank, but it was it couldn't they couldn't open it for whatever reason it wasn't opening. So they both realized there's last seconds in the world. So they both screamed together, "Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokim, Hashem Echad," and the second didn't pass for another missile comes and another missile knocked the top of the tank off, and then they jumped out and they were saved. So they came to Kwar Chabad, they wanted to do it to show. However, listen to this. One of them left after a little bit, and he says, eh, it was a coincidence. And one of them stayed. Two people. And they all saw different things. And, and, and naturally, they saw, the, they saw the same thing, and they experienced it in a different way. A husband and wife go on a vacation, they come back. And you could think you talked to, they went to two different places. The, the wife says, it was so amazing, we saw this and we saw that. And the husband says, you know, in our hotel, they didn't have the, the right soap and the shampoo and the towels and the service and the food. And they, they, they called that an apple tart dessert. There was more apple than tart. There were two different places. We have a huge power that Hashem gave us. 
The Ramban, the Rabbeinu Yonah says, this power is what makes you able to receive all the blessings of God, and it's able, able to also to receive all the good character. Makes, we have two souls. We have a godly soul and an animal soul. The godly soul is generous, it's full of love, it's kind. It always sees the good in every situation. That's a godly soul. The animal soul is very complex. The animal soul has depression. The animal soul is selfish. The animal soul sees all the all, all negative things. We have a choice how we look at things. And you see people who who you know they, they look through the eye of the animal soul, and they and they're angry and they're upset and and they're hurting themselves more than anybody else. What did what does it say in the mission Prakiyavis? The Bilchan says, "Go out and see the best path a person should cleave to." So say, "Hey, go out." Sometimes you have to go out of yourself and to get a, a different perspective. We don't even realize, like, when you look at things in a good way, you know what's going on? You're getting in touch with your goodness. You're getting in touch with your beauty. You're getting in touch with your majesty. When you look at the good things, and the way you look at things, it actually changes the way things are. That's why Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, it seems. Hashem told him, why do you say they don't believe? Of course they believe. What do you mean? They, they only believe with the signs. Paris saw the same signs. Paris saw many more signs. Paris saw ten plagues. Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, they have emuna, they have belief in me. They need signs. The signs are just external to, to reveal what they have inside. But the, what, what, what's there is inside. It's what are you looking for? Yankel is selling butter and eggs and milk. And Shmerel is a baker. And Yankel gets a summons in the mail. Shmerel is summoning him to court. You're, you're a thief. Yankel is an honest man. He can't figure out why is he being summoned. He comes to the court. Yes, Your Honor. Um, Shmerel is saying that you're selling the, 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 the milk and, and you're not selling it with the appropriate weight. Your Honor, I, I weigh everything before I... Shmerel not true. Sometimes they, he says it's a pound and it's not a pound, it's a half a pound. Sometimes it's three quarters of a pound. Yankel, the judge asks, do you have a scale? Of course I have a scale. What kind of scale? Yeah, well, I don't know how to afford a regular scale. I just made my own scale. Okay, can you bring the weights you have for a pound? Your Honor, I can't even afford the weights either. What I do is, I'll tell you what I do. I go to the baker, and I buy a pound of bread, and I put the pound of bread on the scale, <laughs> and I weigh exactly a pound. That's how I sell a pound, a pound of uh, butter. So we, we receive from the way we look at things. Shmerel speaking to God. He says, God, you gave me such a wonderful, beautiful wife. Thank you, God, for this amazing. Why did you, you make my wife to be such a generous, kind person? God says, because I want you to love her. And why did you make her such a good cook? Well, God says, I wanted you to be able to invite people to your house and to have such a wonderful environment in your house and for you to honor your wife. God, why did you make a wife to be such a good educator? Well, God says, I want your children to grow up in the path of Torah and you both should have nachas from your children, you should have enjoy your children. God, I don't want to be, um, you know, complain, but why did you make her so foolish? So God said, well, my child, I had to convince her to marry you. <laughs> so we we see our eyesight way we look at things we have a choice of how we want to look at things we, there are faults there are, there are things that we, there are, aren't where they're supposed to be but they, they, they say that the optimist is someone who sees a cup, a cup half full and the pessimist is the one who sees a cup half empty but Hasidim say it's, not more, it's much more than that the optimist is the one who takes a cup that's half full and pours it into a smaller cup and, until it's overflowing it's not being imaginary. It's not being delusional. It's not being utopian. Remendel Futafa said this. Unbelievable. Remendel Futafa said, Remendel said that if someone has a good eye, he has the best world. He's living in the best world. 
Yankel won the lottery. Shmerel got a new car. Beryl got a new house. Laser. Oh, wow! It's Geschmack. You heard what happened? Yankel got a car. Shmerel got a shidduch. Beryl got a. He feels good for other people. So he's con- he, feels, he feels treasures every day. It's a lot very deep what I'm, what, what I'm, what Remendel said. It needs a little to, to maybe absorb what I'm saying. But, but, but listen to the truth when you have a little to understand it. The truth is that the, the, the good eye person has the best life. He's happy for other people. He's constantly seeing good things. And that's the nature of a Jew. The Baal Shem Tev says that we look at another person, you're looking in a mirror. You have a choice to what you see. If, you, if you're dirty, you see dirt. You're looking in a mirror of yourself. A lot of times you see a husband and wife and the, and the wife is critical of the husband. Why are you so neglectful of me and neglectful of the children? The husband reacts so strongly, he screams at her. Where's it coming from, that, 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 that screaming? Because the husband is guilty also. He feels guilty about he's not, not at home. The, the wife... Uh, tells the husband, why are you putting the kids to sleep? They don't like you putting them to sleep because you're always screaming. She's, she's heard herself by the, privately by the screaming that she has received. It, 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 a lot of times we are projecting onto others our own, our own experiences. And this is the choice Hashem gives, gives us. Hashem gives us the power. Um, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, you see them not believing? If you look at them and you see, you should look beneath the surface and see them when in them, you bring it out. Believe in that. I'll conclude with one story. I'll let you guys go. There was a, I don't remember the name of the Rosh Hashiva, it's a true story. I just don't remember his name. He passed away, I think, five years ago when the story came out, then after he passed away. He, they told this early yeshiva that, you know, one of your students, he wa- goes to watch movies on Friday night. Really? Tell me next time this happens. Okay, they tell Rosh Hashiva, it's happening. He took your car, actually. <laughs> so Rosh Hashiva, yeshiva goes to the movie theater. And he goes to the uh, guy at the door. He says, I don't want to buy a ticket. Just one of my students is here. I just want to say hello to my student. He lets him in without buying a ticket on Friday night. He walks into the movie theater. And the movie has already started. He sits down next to the boy. And the boy doesn't realize. You know, he's like watching the movie. And after a few seconds or I don't know how long, he sees his Rosh Hashiva is sitting there. He's also, you know, he's, he's also next to him by the movie. So he says, Rosh Hashiva... It's nothing to say. It's like shock. The Shiva says, I just want to tell you, I know you're very careful in kashras. You're very careful what you eat and you're, you're very super careful about kosher. I want to tell you, I don't think the popcorn here is kosher. <laughs> <laughs> they, go, they go home. And they go home together. And they're not, there's a silence. But, but he, he, he saw something in this boy and he lit something in him. He lit something in him. He, said, he could have said so many things to him. But he said to him something positive. He said to him which was true about him, that he wasn't a kosher. And he, and he found that, 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 that there, there's issues. But if someone's a good eye, he doesn't see the issues as, as, as it doesn't bring hatred out, it doesn't bring negative feelings out. He sees, he sees the goodness of the person, he's able to, to bring out the, the best in the other person. This is, this is what Hashem is telling us in this, this Torah portion about getting out, out of our own Egypt. The key to getting out of Egypt is believing in yourself, Believing that Hashem can take you out of whatever situation, that He will take you out of the situation that you're in, that's, that's, that's cumbersome, that's hard, that's difficult, that's bringing you the angst and the not, not good feelings. Believe that that's going to happen. And that, that amuna itself, that belief itself, makes you open to the brachas of Hashem. It makes you, and having a good eye and seeing good in other people, it makes everyone feel good around you. It, makes, it brings good energy around you. People, and the Futafah said, okay, last thing, last, mom's last story. And the Potiphar said there was a Rosh Hashiva. Rosh Hashiva, he told, he, he, a lot of fighting in his class, he told his students, write down all the milas, write down all the virtues of the students in your class. Just, everyone has to, a mission, they have to write down all the good 
virtues they have in other kids in the class. All of a sudden, the class was transformed. Everything was different. This is the key Hashem is telling us, to see, believe in ourselves, believe in the good that we have, believe in the good in other people. That's how you bring out Geula. That's how you bring redemption in ourselves and the world around us. That's how you bring Mashiach. Chaim, 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 Ch